episode 84 of Dropping the X, an unofficial Hunter Hunter podcast. My name is Dame Dr. Foxy Brown, and this week um, I'm joined by the podcast Minus One, um, Diego. Hey guys, we were traded spaces because last recording, you know, Eddie was here and I wasn't, and now I'm here and Eddie isn't. So clearly we have no intentions of running the podcast properly. <laughs> hey, look. Uh, we have a thing called uh, busy life. I think we're allowed to have that. No, right? no, we're not. <laughs> Unfortunately, I set the precedent a while back, which is basically if you decide to engage in something nerdy, which I think a podcast certainly qualifies for, um, oh, I... you don't get to be like you know real life. Even though I've done it several times, and it's kind of been like yeah, real life, but also laziness. Um, and no one's called me on it. But, no. I'm not sure you were actually busy. Uh, See, for me, it ends up being, hey, I have work to do, and then all of a sudden I get home from work, and then I have more work. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, friends are like, let's go out, and I'm like, okay. (laughs) Really? And then, yeah, really. Like, this past weekend, I came home, and we had uh saturday i was like oh man i'm gonna sleep in and then i get knock on my door like my roommate's like hey you want to go to costco and i was like sure then i got back and he's like hey there's a brew fest thing going on october fest thing going on you want to go and i was like sure didn't end up coming home until like four o'clock in the morning because out of nowhere we ended up on a club getting bottle service and then like all of saturday or sunday i just my head just hurt and i didn't get a chance to watch the episode until just today before the recording. First of all, I don't know why you're bragging. Secondly, I'm not bragging. I'm secondly, complaining about how I have no time to do nerdy things anymore. Secondly, we don't, we don't record on the weekend anyway. No, I am. I understand. But what I'm saying is, is that I meant to do nerdy things this week and I wanted to play video games. I wanted to watch anime. I wanted to, I haven't watched fucking attack on Titan since God knows when. Eh. Uh, I haven't caught up on, luckily I started, I try to stay on top of Hunter Hunter I have no clue what the hell is happening this season in anime shows. Well, neither do I. To be fair, right? I I think yeah. I think the season does it start this week or did it start last week? I don't even know. 
that is how bad this is. I used to be on top of it. I used to be like, oh, these are the shows I'm going to watch. I'm yep. looking forward to all this shit. I didn't even get a chance to watch last week's or last last season. And I still have to catch up on, like I said, Attack on Titan, Space Brothers. Um, at some point, I think I should check out Free just to see what the fuck it is. <laughs> just because of all the hate that it's getting. Like, I have all the time to be on top of it now. And I just, it's like all, when I was too busy to do it, I was like in the back of my mind always, you know, I should make time to do this. Like, I should make time to watch Attack on Titan since that's all the rage. And like one weekend I made the time to get caught up. Then right after that, I just let everything spiral like terribly out of control. And I had the past couple of weeks to get caught up with everything. And I was just like, yeah, whatever. It'll end, and then I'll watch it at some point in the future. And I don't even know what's coming up um, this season, to be honest. Yeah, so... Especially since we don't have any plans to um, to cover the fall season. Um, right, that's what I'm saying. Like, even you guys, the SSA podcast, who is the Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. Right? Yes, that, that would be the name. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know you were waiting on confirmation. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm just, like, clarifying the Ass Backwards Anime Podcast, the best kept secret of the internet, isn't even covering the anime season anymore. Well, to be fair, we usually would, but... We're not trying to do anything between now and big episode 100 extravaganza palooza or whatever. So I think that's why we haven't covered anything and also laziness. Like whenever it's a thing we haven't done, it's always chalk it up to laziness before anything else. Right, right. That's why I'm like interested in the fact to see who's going to get to 100 first, us or, or you guys? Well, us, I think, because... Um, at the most, it's like a month away, and this is episode 84. Yeah. So unless we do some really tricky adding, I don't think we'll reach 100 before um, the Ask Backwards Anime podcast. I'm pretty sure at some point, um, this show will surpass that show just because of how sporadic um, the recordings are. Mm-hmm. Um, so that should be fun to look forward to. Yeah. Speaking of things that we didn't really pay attention to, though, we turned two. Yeah, because it was my birthday and nobody cared. Like, no one was like, hey, let's celebrate or anything. And I think the podcast is <laughs> the same week as my birthday. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like that coinciding events that no one really paid attention to. I know. Wait, no, I did wish you happy birthday on Twitter. Sure. I did. I Hello. didn't. I honestly don't remember who did. I know people did. I'm sure you did. I will accept that you did. I know because I remember what I said. I was wishing you and Des a happy birthday. Okay. And um, but I didn't tag you guys on the post. I remember saying it like "Happy birthday to the baddest bitches that I know." <laughs> and then, and then the other part, like the other tweet was, yeah, and they let me call them bitches, like or something like that, where it was. I am pretty so, sure I did not notice that. Yeah, that's why. I, there's probably a reason why I didn't tag you on that because I would have been like, "Yeah, it's probably not a good, not a good call." But, um, but yeah, I remember. I remember doing that, but it was like late at night, like before your birthday. So I totally spaced out on us celebrating our two-year anniversary. Uh, but as always, we didn't really celebrate much for first year. 
yeah, we probably could have done a better job at everything. Yeah. Uh, life. Yeah, you live, you learn. <laughs> exactly. So we'll probably do something big for third year, hopefully, if the <laughs> anime's still around and manga came back and something or other occurred. I don't know if we if we still feel like doing because I mean honestly at one point I learned that there was still a Firefly podcast like eight years after the show was canceled. So uh. there's ways to keep things going. I don't know what I mean. Obviously, something like Hunter Hunter would have a lot more to talk about even after the show is off the air than say Firefly, which had what thir- fifteen episodes. So and the movie. Yeah. And a movie. Uh, where this is at 97 episodes, one movie with another movie coming, and I don't know how many chapters of the manga. I'm a terrible fan. But there's <laughs> stuff to talk about. I mean, we could... Yeah. We could spend time taking things apart bit by bit. We could dedicate episodes to characters and all of that. But... I mean, there are ways. You could get creative. Oh, no. There, yeah, no, no. There are There are plenty of ways to... If we needed to... To reach deep down within the barrel that is Hunter Hunter, do analysis, do all that stuff. But I feel like that's not necessary yet. We are capable of covering the the minimum requirements <laughs> to keep this podcast going. I'm sure we could put together 30 minutes every week. Oh yeah, well I think so far we already have what almost 10 just yeah. talking. So. Uh, yeah, we have no news so far uh, for anything Hunter Hunter related. Hopefully, we'll hear something soon because the movie's coming out um, at some point, and maybe uh, they do some sort of promotion or something for it. So, anyway, since I'm pretty sure you didn't hear last episode, and I can't remember what we talked about, um, episode 97 is Carnage and Devastation. And it continues from where the last episode left off in terms of the different fights set up for the spiders. Um, basically, what this episode splits itself between um, Faithan and Sazan and Shizuku and Pike's asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and those fights are both very different. Obviously, the Zazan... Um, Phaeton fight is kind of an overwhelmingly uh, physical battle. And Pike and Shizuku is somewhat more of an intelligent fight. Um, definitely more um, observing related, figuring out your enemy, that sort of thing. Whereas Phaeton is like, nah, man, I'ma just throw the fucking sun at you. Yeah, that was fucking badass, but. I, we obviously had to get some sort of fan service because Shizuku's back in play, and clearly people dig chicks with glasses who are very, very boring in terms of personality and are borderline, I guess, attractive. If you're into that sort <laughs> wow, of thing. Wow, borderline attractive. Okay. That's well, it's a cartoon character. What do you want me? What do you want me to say? I didn't. I am not attracted to cartoon characters. That is not my. That is not my thing. You don't have to be attracted to cartoon characters to realize that a cartoon character is designed to be attractive. That, those are two different things. Okay. If, okay. If that's what you're saying, like, he, uh, big tits, skinny waist, 
uh, glasses. Yeah, you're right. Hot. <laughs> so hot. Anyway. Um, obviously, within the spiders... Anyway, let me not even go down that path. But <laughs> I was going to say easy number two. But um, just go on Pike's Battle, since that's the... Um, more simplistic one, I guess, to go with. Um, Shizuku's been holding him off with um, Linky. Damn it, Blinky. Yeah, I always forget the name of the vacuum cleaner. Yeah, the vacuum cleaner name is Blinky because mm. it's cute and adorable, except and it looks like a fish. Except for all the teeth. Um, right. She's sort of been using him to hold off um, Pike, who's been trying to wrap her up in the web, and I don't know her towards Zaza, and I guess that was the extent of his plan. Um, but she keeps um, catching um, the web on Blinky, and he's sort of getting infuriated because he he hasn't really figured out Nim, I think, at this point. And he, he realizes that she's making the vacuum cleaner disappear and reappear, but he can't tell where she's pulling it from. And he sort of starts to see the aura around her during the battle, um, but of course, by the time it's too late, she's already seen everything, and it's so terrible um, <laughs> that you don't get that reference at all. So it basically boils down to him trying to hit her with um, the webs, but she's already determined his tell, which is gross as fuck, and. I hate that they kept focusing on it. Well, they have to. Because the manga focused on it. They could have just, were... just ignored it. They could have shown it from, like, I don't know, his perspective or something, from his face. No, no, no. This is this is the maturity of the series. You have to focus on the things and how powers work. And so we know he's a spider. You know he shoots webs from his butthole. And so this is his anus. And he... Basically gets goes up in the air and he's like, you know, determined to win this and does this love shower all over her. And he gets her like his a sticky liquid all over her body. Her sticky web. Anyway, it turns into like a net, okay? Yeah. Exactly. And it gets all over her body and it's supposed to be all sticky and and and, and strong because he even mentions that but B Horn or whatever that guy's name, the strongest couldn't break out of the silk. And so he starts taking her over to Sazan. He's like, oh, she's going to be happy. And all of a sudden he's like, what the? It got lighter. What the hell happened? And he gets pummeled by... <laughs> she beat the absolute Jesus shit out of him. Just beats the fuck out of him with her vacuum cleaner. And he's like, what the fuck? And he looks over, he punches. He's like, what the hell? Oh, so that's what happened. And all of a sudden we get this slow pan of her just in her underwear. Like, what? Oh, I see. So you took off your clothes because that way they, the web was stuck to the clothes and you got out of it so it never actually stuck to you and you wiggled out between the gaps. And once you got outside, you basically resummoned your vacuum. And this is going to happen now. And now that you're naked, you can only do that once. She's like, yeah, but in case you didn't notice, you could only do that attack once too because I figured out... Um how you do it and apparently his asshole clenches twice before he attacks exactly his anus puckers twice 
So she, she of course resummoned Blinky, and she tells it to suck all the blood out of his body. Because um, if you normally, remember, I, I, normally I feel like if a girl started talking about sucking, I'd be like, okay, I'm interested. What you got? But then all of a sudden she's like, blood, and sucks it all out of his body, which is gross, and yet oddly smart. Yeah, I mean, clearly, she, I mean, it's possible she may have been able to physically overcome him, but I think she was probably already sort of tired from, because it seemed like that battle went on really long. And so the blood is coming from, as far as he can tell, um, six or so parts of his body. So he's just like, I don't know what's going on. He starts to get lightheaded from losing blood. And he gets this really great idea to cover up the holes. And he does for a second. Only it turns out that she punctured him probably 48, 50 times. And blood starts streaming out of holes from his back and everything. I think she mentions that it was 36 places, right? Oh, I, 29 bleeding lacerations. So you can only cover your, you have only eight limbs. So there's no way that you can cover all of them. And I like how she's just standing there. Yeah. Pulling the vacuum cleaner while he's slowly dying. You can't do anything. So he basically shrivels up to like a husk. And she gets rid of Blinky and like she walks over to him and she's like, I usually don't do this, but don't you realize that the same sticky web you were shooting at me, you could use it to cover up all the holes and I wouldn't have been able to beat you? And she's just like, oh, well, I guess we're both stupid. And she leaves to head towards um, the final fight, of course. Um, Just Phaeton and Zazan. Um, Kalito's fight, you don't really get to see continue beyond that point, but you just, like, he's looking all psychotic. And the body of the ant that was fighting him is just in shreds all around him. And I think he said that... um, uh, I can't remember if he said he did it too quickly or he took too long. He said he, uh, she said that it was a he's um, he said no, multiple, she said he said multiple said, times that he's a boy, though. I don't know why people keep doing that. Oh, no, I was uh, paying attention a little bit while between watching the episode and doing the recording and just kind of seeing people's thoughts on the episode. And they're like, oh, my God, that hurt. That girl's so hot. And everyone's like, that's a boy. And it's like, no, it's not. It's like, yeah, that's a boy. It's like, no, the one in the kimono, that is totally a chick. But he, bas- he basically says that his his one downfall is that he beats the people to a pulp, and he shouldn't necessarily need to do all of that. I mean, you can just cut the heads off. There's no reason to do it bit by bit. Right, but so you just see like the the whole body disassembled and got some blood everywhere. But he finally makes it to the to the fight where Phaeton is fighting Sazan, and shit's insane. Like honestly, well done animation studio. This is badass. I like that he thought he he gotten there quickly and everyone was already there. Right, turns around and he's like, "What's going? Oh shit, these people are all here already." And then all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, what the fuck am I looking at?" It's so fast. How's he able to, uh, you know, how could he just jump from that stance while he's in the air? Holy shit. I don't even, and then. He's looking at, he's like, oh my God, that's like seven feints in a row. How do you even do that? And (laughs) what makes it worse, I think for him, because of course he's only joined the spiders recently. And I think he knows that they're strong, 
but he thought that, okay, well, they can't be much stronger um, than probably Illumi and probably not on the level of his father or whatever. I'm sure he, he was putting them somewhere in between the two and thinking, okay, well, it won't take much for me to surpass them. And then, like, Finks and others are like, yeah, but, you know, Phaeton isn't at full speed yet. It's going to take him a while to work up to full strength. And he's just like, what? What do you mean that this isn't his full capability? How is it that he could go faster than this? And you see, too, that, that Zazan uh, um, is trying her best to keep up with him. But it's not really working. Yeah. I forget. Remind me real quick. Why is Phaeton's energy or uh, strength not back, or why is he all sluggish? He might. Do just, you remember? I don't think he was injured. Well, they keep talking about like he hasn't, whatever. He's, like he's, he's probably out of practice. Oh, because he hasn't fought anyone in a while. So. Okay. He may have lost. All right. His so that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that could that's believable. I just I thought it was explained. Um. And last episode, because I didn't actually watch it yet, so I'll have to go back. But I remembered what I kind of vaguely remember what happened. So, but I just I, I watched this one. The previous episode doesn't address it. It's just like Phaeton okay. shows up. Um, he's like, I'm looking for the queen. She's like, Well, you found her, and he's like, that's a terrible joke. And then she gets pissed, and that's about <laughs> that's like the sum total of what goes on between those two in that episode. Okay. There's, so then, and as far as I can remember, in the previous arcs, it's never mentioned mm-hmm. um, as to what his problem may be, if there is one. I'm just going to chalk it up to not having anybody to go all out against. That makes sense, especially since he starts getting better and better as he goes on. But he shoots a, his umbrella bullet at her face and scores a hit on her. On her and, you know, she's freaks the fuck out because you scarred her face. You don't. You don't mess with a woman's face ever. It's just that's common knowledge. But she gets all mad and then she rips off her tail, which turns her into a monster somehow. Yeah. <laughs> she grows her tail back and then she goes all. Is that not how it worked in Dragon Ball? Was oh, Frieza? No, it was the opposite of that. Sorry. I'm um, like Frieza just. They turn did into, his power. They yeah. turn into giant monsters, and then you cut their tail off, and they go back. Sorry. The other right, way. Right, right. Oh, you're talking about the sands. Yeah, yeah okay. Of course yeah, it was. Yeah. What are we talking yeah. about Frieza? He looks like Frieza's just, form. Just because he's also a monster doesn't mean that's what I meant. No, I know, but for some reason, I don't know why it looked like he... Uh, or the monster looked like Frieza's, one of Frieza's forms. So that's why I was like, oh... Maybe that's who you're referring to. So she, she turns into a giant lizard-like thing with apparently armored skin. Because Phaeton is like, oh, this is easy. He tries to stab her. And she's like, no, fuck you. And she breaks his arm. <laughs> he breaks his sword first and then his arm. And um, they, they talk about how he used Ko for the attack. So he, he focuses all his aura into the sword, um, which caused him to not be able to guard so when she shot the aura back at him that broke his sword, um, because he couldn't block it, it basically fucked up his, his arm. And he starts speaking in what I assume is Chinese. Like, you're going to regret doing this. And everyone is like, oh, shit, book it. And, um, oh, God, what's this kid's name? Kalato is left standing there like, what? why are you guys running? 
They're like, well, the thing the thing that actually got me was yep. um, before you get to there when they start ta- when he starts talking about they're having the conversation of who gets to fight next and yeah. like Hollywood was like, who the fuck are these guys? What is going on? I thought I could get to second in no time, and these people are like having a fucking coin, like they're flipping coins to figure out who goes next. Because like, like Phaeton started to look overwhelmed, like when he got injured, and right. They're starting to make contingency plans in case he dies. Because Kalato's like, well, you know, it's starting to look bad for him when all of us are here, so we should help, right? And they're like, no, we made a bet that um, whoever gets to beat the queen would be um, the interim leader. So, you know, it's definitely, like, if he dies, whatever. We just right. had to decide who got next. And um, Fink's and Bolnayov started arguing over who got there first. They're like, we showed up at the same time. So I think Shalnark suggests that they flip a coin for it. And they flip, and Bolnayov wins. So he's like, sweet. <laughs> Phaeton dies. I'm next. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Phaeton, you're going to die soon? I need I need some practice. He's like, no. But Kalato's overwhelmed. And he's just like, oh, shit, you know, I have to do this. I have to figure this out. No matter how many years it takes. I have to do this for my brother. And you get Which see, I was like, oh. You get to see the little family photo. <laughs> right. Of, um, it's it's no spoiler to say the name of the other child because people have figured it out years before it even it ever showed up in print. Um, Alika is the name of the brother that you don't know with the face turned um, away because super cool. <laughs> well, again, it's just it's like the weirdest photo ever. It's like, hey, everyone, turn. Hey. Why is uh, Aluka all the way in the back? Clearly, and clearly messing nobody, around. And like, <laughs> no one cares about Aluka. Yeah, it's like okay, Aluka, just fucking walk around in the back. I mean, unless like Aluka was in other face mode, then it makes perfect oh, sense. Oh God, yeah. yeah. I'd be like, no, no. I'd be like, no. Turn around. You are not gonna face the camera. You are not gonna take away my soul. So. Um, you're left thinking, well, he says you know, he wants to save the brother that he lost. So, um, obviously, since it's one person we don't know, um, in the picture, it's obvious assumption that that's the brother he's talking about. And he wants to be strong enough and have the resources to do this. So there's an assumption also that it's not family endorsed. Because otherwise, they'd just be like, well, totally go and do this. No problem. Um, we got money. So... He's left thinking, you know, my family is screwed up, but you guys are a whole other level of just, I don't even know how you coexist with each other, because clearly you don't value each other's lives at all. Um, <laughs> you're all willing to sit here and watch Phaeton die. And then, of course, Phaeton is like, I'm not about to die. I can't believe you broke my arm. And he starts talking um, about how they're going to regret it, how Zazen is going to regret doing that to him. And... Everyone just decides to book it. And Kalato, not, of course, never experiencing this before, doesn't know what's about to happen. And I'm like, look, the last time he used this attack, um, we all nearly died. So as, um, as tempting as it may be to sit here and watch and see what his actual ability is, it's much better for the preservation of your life if you run. Uh, and of course, they, they mention that when he does this attack, he has no control over his anger and um, directing it and how powerful it is and everything. So they're just like, look, book it. Hopefully we can get far enough away that he doesn't kill us. 
and I guess you can ask him about it later. Uh, so they um, they start to run, and of course, Kalato with the clogs and everything, it's not the best <laughs> thing to be running in. So he like falls, and then Fatan grabs him, and they like jump out of the hideout. That yeah. part's awesome, but the actual that whole tire. The actual ability is like this this blue purple flame like engulfs him and he ends up in I don't even know what kind of suit this is. It looks like one of those ancient Japanese armor things, but I don't know. It just it, it is really cool looking though. And it's a, like it protects him from the heat and all that and he summons the sun. And he drops it on Zazan, Monster Zazan, and she burns like she's in fucking uh, Barefoot Gen, seen in Hiroshima. Thank you. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the whole time she's dying, just slowly, by the way, um, he's sort of mocking her. He's like, yeah, this, this must really hurt, right? Imagine... Um, if you'd inflicted more pain on me, then you would have died even faster. Um, because this attack is the reflection of any damage dealt to him. I guess it's amplified by his anger and dealt back towards the attacker. So there's like, pretty much if you hit him, you're screwed. And of course, there's no way to know any of that beforehand. Because I imagine if someone throws the sun at you, you're going to die. Oh. Um, so he burns the entire hideout to the ground. There's many explosions and everything. And you just see Zazan's corpse is like burnt to a crisp. And yeah. then everybody power walks out. Yeah, and then they run into all these different dudes and they're like, oh, kill us, please. And they're like, no, we don't do mercy killing, so come at us. And obviously they kill everyone. And then they walk out and they're talking about how now that everyone's, you know, dead, dead that. They're all talking about retaliation to the real Ant Queen or figure something out. And as they're walking away, um, Finks keeps talking about, like, you know, if any more ants show up, you know, we'll kill them. I'm here to crush them. Uh, we'll figure something out. And then as, as they're walking out, um, Shalar gets a phone call or a text. And everyone's like, is it Crawlo? And he's like, no, it's no Munaga. He wants us to lend him a hand. With his mission. Yeah, and he's like, no, fuck that shit. <laughs> we hate Nobunaga. Yeah. And then Shalnark and Phaeton make a joke about how he sounds like a girl with a crush. A girly girl. Yeah, he got, and... he, his heart started beating with the quickness when the phone rang. Right. And he thought it he's was like, oh. You want Crowlo back, don't you? Oh, that's cute. So cute. So he starts throwing rocks and shit at them and they're running away and they're like, oh, hey, we're injured. Like, you're dead. It's like this incredible mood whiplash in the middle of this. They mm. were they were all serious and murderous and everything and now they're kind of the happy sociopaths playing together in their, their dust bowl garbage dump home. And it's just... Like, these people would be so endearing if they weren't also so murderous. If you didn't always have to justify liking them, they would be the best. And they kind of are. Yeah. 
And uh, then we get a transition scene to Gon and Killua going underwater, uh, talking about how they're going to be infiltrating North East or East Corto. And nine days left. Right, and then we see a picture of a king sitting on his throne, and then ta-da! Episode is over, and then we see preview for next episode. See Gon Kilua. Then we see a scorpion-like ant guy who kind of looks a little bit like uh, Moral, but I don't know if that was meant to be a thing or or what. But the dude looks has like threads and sunglasses. Um, so yeah, we'll see that next time. Uh, thoughts on the episode? I mean, I definitely enjoyed the the fight between well, both fights because they they present the different ways in which uh, hunters engage in battle. Um, obviously, there's sort of a a kind of balls out type strategy where you just you know beat the shit out of the person in front of you, and there's sort of the more calculating give this person the opportunity to show them, to show you their weakness, just simply by fighting them long enough. Um, and it's always interesting to see the, the different ways in which hunters fight, because I think this is one of the most uh, intelligently created series in that in that aspect, because uh, strength doesn't automatic, like there's no power levels, per se. Um, obviously, it's kind of a mathematical calculation because Biscuit was doing that before um, in terms of the units of your Nen. But sort of everyone has the capability um, because of the potential of each Nen user. And depending on how you figure out how to use your Nen and how that balances against the Nen type of the person you're fighting, everybody really has a chance against everybody else despite... Uh, level differences in experience and you know total potential net output or whatever or output sorry yeah no and again these are all characters who we never really saw fight in the previous arc where they showed up you know like yeah we saw them you know twisting necks like in Phaeton's case or being super fast and super quick and having you know pretty good strength but you never really saw okay well how can they deal and now we're dealt with you know strong ass characters uh like within in the form of these ants who know nen who have all this power and strength and you know phaeton's getting his ass kicked basically he gets his ass handed to him a little bit ends up getting his arm broken and loses his awesome cloak but he, you know, pulls out, you know, this is what I do. This is my move. This is why I'm such a badass is because I have the power of the sun within me. And I will rain thy fury upon thee. And he does so and burns her. And then, uh, you know, we see Shalnark's moves too. We see Bolnevo's. We see Fink's. We see everyone. I mean, and then we get obviously introduced to Kalito, which is, which is kind of cool, like the, the introduction of him, and you know what he's kind of doing or why he's trying to accomplish this. You get a little bit and, of this, uh, his motivation, of course. What what the other thing I like about Nen abilities and all that is it reveals their personality, 
Oh, in the attack. Um, Finks reveals that he's kind of really bad at judging his own strength. Um, Phaeton probably can't deal with pain very well. Um, Kalito still seems sort of childish uh, with the the paper doll ability. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think there's much with Shizuku. I don't, I don't feel like we get uh, like with the others, we get a sort of second level to their nan abilities. Shizuku still seems um, fairly basic. And it's probably just because her her ability is never um, offensive-minded. Um, so there's no, or at least so far, there's no upper tier to, okay, I can use my um, vacuum to, to um, take up inorganic material. Um, or, sorry, dead material, because blood would obviously be organic. Um, right. And, um... Well, Spolinov, we'd never seen any levels of his ability before. Um, we just figured he was a boxer and could punch things. Yeah, I really liked, like I mentioned in the previous episode, I really liked the, the whole reveal of his backstory. Um, quick, as though it was, and the type yeah. of ability and the way he used sound... Uh, moving through his body to create the hallucinations and all that. All that was cool. Um, Shalnark, I liked that his ability sort of revealed um, a lot of what we already talked about was how even the the members of the spiders that sort of presented as normal or as normal compared to everybody else, even they turned out to be psychopaths. Right. this episode and the previous episode just sort of let you know that, hey, if you were holding out hope that Shizuku and Shalnark were just normal people who who got caught up with a bad crowd or whatever, no, <laughs> that's not how this works. Um, Shalnark definitely 100% for sure loves to murder people, and Shizuku seems to enjoy it as well. So it's not a it's not a group that you you end up in by happenstance. It's um, it's definitely a group for murderers and thieves and liars and psychopaths and all that. It it's not, um, it's not like hey, you know, I accidentally blew up a building, and one of the spiders was in there, and they totally said, okay, high five, you're in. It's more, it's it's sort of obvious that there had to be a calculated attempt by at least one of them um, to kill another spider. Uh, and of course, if there happens to be, like, in the case of the power vacuum, when Soka revealed he wasn't really a spider, like, you can just get pretty much adopted in without having to kill another spider. But even Kalato, being a member of the Zoldic clan, is accustomed to killing people, does seem to enjoy it very much. So there's literally no one that you can grab onto and say, hey, you know, this person is human, just in a bad situation, like, totally root for them. It's all like, hey, these people are murderers and unrepentant criminals. They, they really don't have much in terms of um, redeeming value, but they are awesome, and they fight really well. And I really wish that they um, ended up in East Corto. I think that would have been great. Yeah, but they were defending their home, so... Yeah, they they weren't bothered by the rest of the world. Exactly. So, I think that pretty much... Those were my thoughts, too. I mean, we have very similar thoughts when it comes to the spiders. 
and you know it's always great to have him thrown into this foray and like the way that he had it like the way that he wrote it where they're not in like ngl or east gordo or any of like where the main characters are it's like the spiders went to them and that's how you put them in the story was brilliant i i really liked that that's how that panned out because it would have been really weird like okay we just saw these dudes at greed island because why just because because they needed to be there (laughs) right right no i know because of the whole like fact of them being looking for the the boss like the no they want no they didn't have to be there they wanted to play a game. Remember, they went to the auction, and they're like, "Hey, what's this? Oh, let's steal it!" And that's, you want to play a game, and then figure it out. That's why they went there the first time. But when they went back the second time, it was with a purpose. Right. Yeah. Once they figured out that the boss was a, a character, and trying to figure out, and they found Hizoka, and then then they found a Nen remover guy. So now it's a matter of, okay. And they're trying to put their pieces back together again. They're trying to reassimilate the spider, the phantom troop. I can't imagine what their goals will be after the boss's nan gets restored. Uh, I, I can give you a few hints. Other than involving Kurpika, I mean, the, the sort of um, the bigger goal of, the, of their group. Like what's their next... Obviously, the last heist was the contents of um, the auction or that night of the auction because they didn't steal everything. But that was their plan. And of course, they also wanted to create the power vacuum in the mafia um, and all of that. But, like, what is um, Krolo's ultimate goal? Uh, how far does he see this going? All of that I'm interested in. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, and, I mean, obviously, we, we don't know. It's going to be further down the line. But it's fun to speculate. I figure you have to go at least one full arc without referencing them in any way. So I don't know how long that's going to take. In order to give them to give them time for everything to come together. That, unfortunately, yeah. they'd have to, like, totally... And after this point, they pretty much are, but they have to totally be out of the picture. Um, and you're right, I did like that their engagement with um, the spiders, with the ants at this point, is basically um, you guys screwed up when you chose Meteor City to hide in, and you chose to kill residents of Meteor City. And of course, I liked that they seem to have a sort of elevated status. Um, in the city, in that um, who seem to be ruling class people come to them um, to sort of take care of the city's security. Um, And it didn't dawn on me until just now, um, with what we know from the conclusion of the arc, where Fink says that he'll take care of any of of the ants if more of them decide to come. And we sort of know that that happens, so I'm interested in seeing where that part of the story goes as well. I never really thought that they would be in opposition to each other, because I thought the spiders were like, okay, fine, we did this situ, we cleared this up, we have other things to do, and we're done. Yeah, no, I, that's pretty much, like, that's kind of where, 
I think it's it, it's the little things that really make the story flow good and well concise and maybe that came because of the of the hiatuses because yeah. this part you know this arc was partly where all the hiatuses occurred so hoping that that's what the next arc is is a very well thought out very very good arc um since he's had almost two years now to do it figure it out see what happens yeah definitely like there are so many different plot threads i think he can pick up from you know obviously uh with the conclusion of the last arc the person that you really want to see um i know what happens to him is kurapiko just because he's not been present for so long and you get one glimpse of him and then he goes on to everything else and of course um Gon's path you want to see, Kilwa's path, eh, I guess you want to see. Leorio's uh, is definitely interesting. So there's a lot of different things he can choose, especially since um, his main characters seem to be all set, all five of them, set on different paths from this point forward. So although it's, it's possible for all of them to gather together again, um, depending on you know the grave magnitude of the conflict. But I'm just really, you know, start writing, help us out, throw us a bone, let us pay money for your shit. Um, we want to make you richer. Stop preventing us from doing that. So. Cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for my thoughts on this episode. Unless you had anything else you wanted. No, I'm I'm pretty much done. So, again, thank you guys for listening. Sorry that if Eddie is your favorite, he wasn't able to appear on this episode. (laughs) I I don't know. I know I'm not anybody's favorite. I'm cool with that. It's something that I've gotten used to. Why why you have to undersell yourself like that? It's horrible. No, seriously. I'm aware. I've seen... I know you have... I know you probably didn't uh, listen to the episode that we released when we recorded without you. Uh Uh-huh. But uh, you definitely were missed because it was a very interesting situation of how, who does what with the introduction. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, it's me. Um, okay, uh, introduction time. This is uh, weird. And I, like, I addressed it. And I think Dominic was on board, too, on that episode. So it was me, Dom, and Eddie. And it was just confusing as all hell. So we definitely need you for that. You keep us grounded, Foxy. Being appreciated isn't the same as being the favorite. You understand that, right? <laughs> anyway. It's it's kind of close, but all right. You can um, you can respond to our episodes, I don't know when, um, at hxhpodcast at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on the website at hxhpodcast.wordpress.com, or you can send us an up to three-minute voicemail at 954-324-7722. It's 954-324-SSAA. I don't know. That's not valuable, like, if you're doing it through Skype or whatever, but who cares? Um, you can also reach us at Facebook.com slash HXHpodcast or Twitter.com slash HXHpodcast. Once again, this is episode 84 of Dropping the X, an unofficial Hunter Hunter podcast. Thank you guys for listening, and goodbye. See ya. See ya.